Welcome to Shanghai Chronicles. This is episode 104, Woo Chow. I hope everyone had a wonderful weekend and you're getting ready for this wonderful, beautiful work week. Okay, good people. A lot of things to discuss per usual. Um, so like I always say, let's start the show. Um, so for Damn America, we have the D.C. police. They announced that they will no longer handcuff children under 12. Hmm. My point exactly. So I'm just trying to figure out why would they handcuffing handcuffing children at 12 year old anyway. Um, so this came out a Tuesday morning when a packet with a packet that outlined the new orders and was um, littered with images of black children and officers. So. Pretty much, they tweeted they, that they're announcing this new policy. They tweeted, like, you know, when it will go into effect, blase, blase. So, the problem that I have with this is if you know that police brutality is a big thing within the black community, and you know how most of the majority of the black kids fear the police even though they are supposed to look up to them as leaders things of that nature why would you even have a policy like that put in place i feel that when somebody is that young of an age their parents need to be called and they need to maybe just not even sit them in the police car maybe just have them around the area until the parent comes whatever the case may be some type of guardian needs to be present i don't understand why this was a thing or why they felt that this was something that would i guess they more so are trying to say like discipline the children but i don't really think that disciplines them i really think that just puts the children frame of mind um to have to think that you know the police are out to get them you know there's no one really around to help them in certain situations when there should be some guidance um then also with the city with that let's think about why these 12 year olds are getting handcuffed are there programs that they can be uh, entertain uh, attending are there things within the community that will help them you know stay out of trouble if they were causing any type of ruckus i always say just like i said on the show last week the kids are our future and we really need to sit back, take some time to really think exactly why these kids may be acting out, exactly why these kids may be getting in any type of trouble that they may be getting in. Like, what exactly is the cause of this and what can we do to change this? Now, D.C. police, me being from D.C., I've never really experienced uh, any type of police brutality from DC cops, but now that police brutality has gotten such, um, such become such a big issue, it is quite scary and alarming that they would think that it would be okay to handcuff a twelve-year-old. First of all, I've never been in handcuffs, so, handcuffs, so I wouldn't really know how they feel, but I know that they're very tight. Uh, when you put them on and a 12 year old their risk and things are very small i could imagine so you're you know putting them you're harming them uh so whoever thought uh dc police chief or 
whoever thought that this was something that should have stayed in place or should have been a thing in the first place, I think that's ridiculous. And I'm happy that whoever, you know, either brought it to their attention or maybe they got certain a lot of reports and complaints from parents that they realized that this never should have been a thing in the first place. Um, when I came across that, I was really stunned because I was just like, okay, <laughs> like, I, I was just baffled. And, you know, I see the um, the tweet that I um, came across, and it does show um, that they were, like, handcuffing uh, juveniles from the age 13 to 17. And I guess they were saying that it was based on severity of offense and circumstances of the interaction. So I guess they call themselves trying to protect themselves. So that's why they placed them in the handcuffs. But I just think that was just that was just absurd and beyond. So I don't even know why, yet again, that was a thing. But uh, hopefully that these communities can start to realize that the youth really need something to keep them focused. I know with my friends, we talk about, you know, there's nothing really in the community for the kids to do. There's nothing that keeps them occupied. So they go out, they do mischief, they go out and get themselves into things. And then when the consequences come, the consequences are not fair consequences. And then you have a 13-year-old or a 17 or 12-year-old, you know, losing the rest of their life because they have to go to juvenile detention centers all because there wasn't anything positive for them to look to forward to in the community. That's why when it comes to these voting uh, elections, you guys really have to understand that even in the presidential election, we may feel that it's very important. And of course, that's presented to us that it is very important, but it really boils down to the people that's representing your community, the people that are going to be changing things within your community, the people that are going to be changing things within your state laws. That is what really matters. So I think that if we can get somebody in office or uh, get somebody that realizes and understands the dynamic of everything and understands the situations that most of these kids are put in, then things will, you know, start to change for them and change for the community. So hopefully that's something that they take into consideration, but who knows. Um, then also with I Damn America, we have Joe Biden. He pushes this stereotype that black parents' involvement in their children's education. So what he was saying here from the article that I read or what I took from the article that I read, um, give me one, let me see if I can pull it up here. He was basically talking about how the parents don't kind of participate and come into like the PTA meetings and uh, they don't show face to to um they don't kind of like support their children with certain things um and you know Joe Biden he's really looking for that vote from uh from the black community so the fact that he said all of that it's uh, very alarming to me so I'm trying to give me one second I'm trying to pull the article up for y'all um so I can remember okay here it is <clears throat> so his wife, I guess his wife, like he sources his wife in saying that black and poor parents don't show up because they're embarrassed. So basically saying like they don't show up for their kids or be there for their kids when the kids have like anything to do with the school, whether it's like a PTA meeting or a school meeting, they don't show up because they're embarrassed because they don't have the resources to help their child do better. So in an interview that he did with New York Times, he claimed that black parents are unwilling to support their children's education because they didn't receive one themselves. Now, where he got that from, I do not know because there are plenty, plenty of black parents that are very educated and that have gone above a bachelor's degree. OK, 
Okay. Um, he made a suggestion that he sourced to his wife who works in education that poor parents won't want to show the level of necessary support due to embarrassment. He said they don't show up because they're embarrassed. They're embarrassed the teacher's going to say, and it's hard to say, well, I can't read. Okay, so I guess the wife is basing this off of her experience. So maybe she's had some African-American kids in her class and parents didn't show up because the parents weren't educated. So being that the parents weren't educated, it rubbed off on the child. So that's why most of the parents don't you know, show up. Um, he also said that when they conduct the interview, that they attempted to give Biden a way to walk back his statements, but majority, he said majority of the parents may instead just be working second jobs and make ends meet. However, he continued to go down the path of arguing to the merits of the absentee parent, basically saying, like, you know, they're not educated, um, they're embarrassed, they don't have the income to, like, really help their child when it comes to education. Now, one thing I know about a black household is that education is first. Education is the key. Education is stressed. So... For him to put a stereotype that the reason why this child is not performing or the reason why this child is not getting the grades or achieving is because of their parents and their parents being poor and their parents not supporting them. Now, there are plenty of whites, there are plenty of Spanish with kids are not well-educated kids may have, you know, some type of learning uh, disability or may not learn faster than others. And their situation can be about the same. I just don't understand when certain things come out, why does it always have to be a color put on it? And why does it always have to be black? And, you know, like I said before, Education is stressed in black households because growing up, my mother stressed it all the time. Couldn't do nothing unless homework was done. Couldn't do nothing unless I knew math problems, spelling, everything. So I felt to believe that none of this that you're stating or quoting from is accurate. Then on top of that, what are we doing in our schools to keep kids on the same level, education-wise? What are we doing to help kids that may be in that situation? You know, what are we doing that can help that parent lose that second job so that she can be able or he can be able to perform for the family? You know, you have to think about that. Especially him being a politician, he has to think about that. Like, you know, what can we do in America that will allow the parent to be able to be there with their child, sit down, do homework, instead of her having to go out and work that second job after she already worked that eight-hour shift, but she has to go and work maybe another five hours just to provide, to put food on her table for her child. And, you know, that just makes it seem like, you know, Like, black people, you know, don't have the drive in a sense. Like, you know, we're we're embarrassed because we're poor. We're embarrassed because we're poor. So we don't want to be there and support our children because we're embarrassed because we're poor. You know, I've never heard of anything like that before in my life. And, you know, as the race for the presidential candidate continues... You see a lot of true colors coming out. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I love Joe Biden. He was a part of Obama, blah, 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 blah. He's not for blacks. And I I will, from that article, no. Uh, No. No. You know, my mother growing up, she attended every single meeting. 
And if she couldn't, she had somebody be a representation of her there at the meeting. I'm sure parents are still doing that to this day. I'm sure parents do that at the school that his wife teaches or at the school that his wife used to teach at if she was involved in education. And then the wife gets this observance from what, because the parent couldn't be there to show up. You never know the child's situation, whether the child's not even living with their parent, whether their parent has passed, what if they're in a group home. You never know. And yet again, you're supposed to be the teacher and you're supposed to guide and be a role model there for them if you may see that they're going through certain situations. I just don't like that every time something occurs here in America, we have to put a color on it. We have to, you know, break it down and put it in different categories. Like, why can't this just be a thing? Like, why does it have to be a black thing? Like, why? Why does it have to be black people all the time? And, you know, it's getting quite sickening, you know, and I think it it's to a point where it's not phasing black people anymore. It's just like, okay, yeah, blame it on us. Yeah, the cow, the cow did that. The cow jumped over the moon. Yep, blame it on the black person. Yep, like everything is black. And it's it's crazy, it's sickening, it's racist, and black people are fed up. You know, we've done everything in this world. I mean, we created and invented every single thing, everything. But the things that we need to get credit on and the things that need to be good, you can never put a color on that, and the color is never black. But when it's dysfunction and it's uh, arrest or uh, anything that you may feel that continues to bring us down instead of uplifting us, you put a color on that. So here you are stereotyping us for the reason why kids' parents don't support them in education. I, I I just thought that was alarming. Like, when I read the article and I kept reading, I'm like, okay, he's stereotyping. Okay, let me see exactly, like, let me go into it and beat into it to see exactly, you know, what more could he, what examples could he give? What, you know, where is he taking that from? Did he speak to a parent? Or, you know, where is he believing this from? But he didn't do any of that. Going off of his wife who I'm sure he always takes her word and believes everything that she, you know, states and quotes. But it just seemed a little flaky. And the fact that you, you know, all of these candidates need to be or want to be appealing to the black community. Because the blacks are the ones that are suffering police brutality, racism, all of that. So you would think that he would be saying things that would be appealing to us. But instead, he's saying things that will not be appealing to us. So, you know, at the end of the day, I doubt, I highly doubt that is the reason why parents are not there to support their children with education or meetings. It's because either they're working a second job, like you stated, or you never know what the situation may be. You know, you just you just never know. You can't just assume that they're poor, so that's why they don't show up. I'm sure black parents are just as busy as white parents, just as busy as Spanish parents, busy as Italian parents, busy as Jewish parents. So I, I, I just don't understand it, don't get it. So, you know... Hopefully, we can change the narrative that we don't have to put a color on everything. Like, why do we have to put a color on everything? When you have a when you have a um, box of crayons, you don't always color with the color black. You choose multiple colors within the crayon box that you want to use. Majority of the time, you choose the bright colors to 
bring out the picture or bring out whatever you're coloring. You don't always choose the darker color. So it's like, why do you always, or why does society always choose black for everything? Oh, yeah, just go ahead. The black people, yeah, black, yeah. Everything. It's mind-boggling. So, woo child. Woo, that's why it's called woo child. So, D.C. police, thank God, thank you for announcing that you're not going to be no longer handcuffing children under 12. That's beautiful. I don't know why you were handcuffing in the first place. And honestly, it should stop at, like, at least maybe it, it honestly shouldn't be a, um at 12 13 14 or 15 you know 17 you are an adult you know whatever but those younger ages come on now why, why did you even think that was a thing and damn america joe biden i think your stereotyping is quite quite very inaccurate and, you know, I don't think that looks very good, considering the fact that, you know, you came from the Obama administration, black people love you, okay? And I don't think that love is there as you as we show you, so we shall see. Uh, so let's get into our rising star. So our rising star, we have Chloe Moore. Uh, so Chloe Moore, she is 26. She is the founder of Next Memphis. So Next Memphis believes early childhood education is key to kids' future prospects. Prospects. Its founder, Memphis native Moore, is helping to funnel 32 million of services to child care centers over the next three years at virtually no cost. She also works at Seeding Success, where she's helping to establish Shelby County's first early education system. So she is from Memphis, Tennessee, and she has a Bachelor of Arts Science at Rhodes College. So shout out to Chloe Moore. Um, you can definitely probably look up Next Memphis and Google uh, more information about her, and we'll definitely post her on the Instagram page as well, okay? So, of course, everyone knows that the Twerk Something segment is the, is the bomb segment okay like this segment right here is this when we really get into every single thing okay every single thing um so the super bowl happened it was a good super bowl even though my patriots were not in the super bowl but it was a good super bowl it wasn't boring they, both teams did good played good it was great Jay-Z and Beyonce was there. It was a lot of talk about them not standing up to the national anthem, but we'll get into that. So let's just talk about the halftime show. So the halftime show was good. I enjoyed it. And I really honestly enjoyed Shakira. To me, Shakira killed it. Killed it. And I think people were waiting to see if she's going to bring Beyonce out and do Beautiful Liar. But uh, honestly, she didn't need it. She killed it from the little thing with her tongue and you know her dancing and then doing I like it like that Cardi B like she really gave it to me and then you know JLo comes and by the time I you know sitting there you know waiting for JLo it was like my excitement that I had from Shakira was gone because JLo was so dry I don't understand why she was so dry. Then her hits that she had, like I'm Real and all those other hits, it was like she performed them so bad. Like she didn't perform them bad. Let me take that back. She was just so, there was no energy there with the songs. Like it was just like, okay. Then you can tell that she was lip singing, you know, but she can definitely dance her ass off. She looks good at 50 for sure. But I wasn't as excited to see her. Like, I didn't have any type of excitement. It wasn't like I was like, oh, my God, yes, bitch, yes. Like, I wasn't like that at all. Um, when they came together at the end, it was nice. It was beautiful. And I think it was beautiful to see, you know, two Latinas, women performing on the stage. You know, Shakira is a Rock Nation artist. And, you know, a lot of people... In America, sleep on Shakira, but back where she's from, they love her. Like, she's that bitch. And it's like, you know, J-Lo. My friends are like, what? Was you watching the same show? I'm like, yeah, I'm watching the same show. I didn't feel it, you know. I didn't think she killed it, but she did good. But it wasn't like, 
my God. Like, it wasn't, like, one of those type of moments. But it was one of those moments that was like, okay, J-Lo did good. Okay, she did great. Whatever. Um, You know, Miami got very ratchet. <laughs> you know, QC, he does, like, this stripper pole, bowl or whatever. And apparently... Some strippers got to Miami and they got stranded because the money was stolen or whatever the case may be. This is the first thing. Why are they going somewhere and they don't have a way to get home? That's second. Then on top of that, how did the money get stolen? Why wasn't anybody policing the money that gets thrown? Everybody knows that when you're at the at the strip club, Guys are going to be throwing money in the air. Like, they're throwing money in the air to, like, make it rain on the stripper. So there's always security there to make sure that the women's money doesn't get picked up by anyone because the dollars are everywhere. Then, just to have strip club etiquette, everyone knows you don't touch the stripper's money, drunk or not. Like, you you just don't do that because you're taking away from them. Like, what was the point of throwing it to them if you're going to take it back? So... I remember the year before, everything went great. I think, you know, everyone saw how good it was the year before, so it got, like, extremely bigger. They had a lot of strippers, a lot of celebrities was in there. Like, it was just crazy. But this picture is viral going around of bitches stranded in the airport. I'm like, how the fuck are these bitches stranded in the airport? How did you get there? That's first and foremost. Did you only get a one-way ticket and then think about you going home? Or were these all of the women that didn't get any play from any celebrities or, you know, they had a plan to go down to Miami and beat some thoughts, and then, you know, their thought ways didn't get them anywhere? Maybe it was them because I just can't understand how you a stripper I'm sure you strip at your regular whatever club you strip at. I'm sure that you're saving because you're stripping because there's there's something that you're... To me, if you're stripping, you're stripping because there's a goal that you have. Either you're saving and trying to go to school or you're trying to make something better of yourself. I can't think that people is just out here just stripping just to be stripping. There's no way. I mean... It may be possible, but I just don't see it that way. I may be crazy. So if that's the case, you're saving your money. And if you're saving your money, then you should have money to get home. And then, of course, you knew it was Super Bowl weekend. The tickets were probably crazy as hell. I, I, I just don't get it. And, you know... I hope they got home. I, I don't know. The picture went viral. I don't even know if they were strippers. Uh, we don't even know what. The, we don't know. But I just know this. You never go nowhere and you ain't got no way to get home. How is that possible? Especially as a female. How the hell you ain't got no way to get home? And maybe they were stranded in the airport because their flight got delayed. Maybe. Maybe that's what happened. Flight probably got delayed and they missed their flight. But I just can't see a stripper getting stranded in the airport. And, you know, I guess it happens. Because clearly it happened in Miami. But I just don't, I don't get that. Like, that's that's mind-boggling to me. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, since we're on Miami, I watch Love & Hip Hop Miami. And I'm going to tell you right now, Mona Scott, they don't need you to make no fake storylines, baby. Because them, them women on there is ghetto. Ghetto. Ghetto, ghetto, okay? And ghetto is capitalized, all the letters, ghetto. I watched the last episode, and I don't even know these women's names, Schnooky, Shiki, something, whatever. The girl stole her phone, and she's talking about, you know, I missed out on bookings. I got three kids. Why would you steal my phone? Then, you know, she's outside her video shoot eating a pickle, and they like, oh, they got hot sausages in there. You know all the ghetto girls like hot sausages and pickles. And, I mean, I honestly didn't think, when like, when I'm looking at this, I'm like, this is definitely not forced. Like, this is not forced. This is not forced. This is not, this is not forced. This is what they do. Only thing that they're waiting for <laughs> is somebody to say, Action. 
Because I guarantee you, even when the cameras weren't rolling, they were already having a ghetto conversation, okay? This Love and Hip Hop Miami, baby, if you haven't catched the episodes, please catch up. I know most people feel like, you know, Mona Scott is making black people look bad and, you know, she's giving black women a bad name because they're getting up there fighting, whatever the case may be. But let me tell you something. This right here is priceless, okay? It's some good ghetto TV, okay? I mean, they trying to jump a girl. Like, it, it, it's just some shit you be sitting back, you be like, oh, okay, oh, go ahead, girl. Damn, I, I would have did that too. Ghetto. Ghetto. Outfits ghetto. Hairstyles ghetto. 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 And I'm sad to say it. And, you know, I'm sad to say it out loud. But a bitch loves it. <laughs> I love it. I'm tuned in. It gets me. You know, that's the shit that I love. It, it makes me feel Monday night. It makes me feel good after I come home from work and I'm watching this shit. And I'm just looking up like, oh, these bitches is something else. They kicking off shoes. They throwing purses in the uh, pool. You know, shit is crazy over a fucking iPhone 6 the girl stole. I don't even know what type of phone the girl had, child. But it stopped her from making money in bookings. Now, <clears throat> normally, people have a backup. Or normally, when a phone gets stolen, people do call their cell phone companies and report that the phone was stolen. Because it's 2020, we all have cell phone insurance. So I'm just trying to figure out why the girl didn't do that. And then... If she would have did that, then when she confronted the girl, she, you know, it, you know, but you know, most women are not grown up yet. You know, they, the most women, you know, they, they think they grown, they think they reached that, you know, grown woman, you know, mentality, but some people just can't get out the hood, even though they trying to make it out the hood, they still hood, you know, like it's just something about being from the hood and still having a piece of that with you that is just just gonna be there like you know people for some reason their goal is to get out the hood but then they don't want to let the hood go like how the fuck is that possible you're trying to fight to get out the hood but you still want to be hood the fuck i get it you're trying to be authentic true to yourself but goddamn, you're trying to get out the hood so leave the hood and leave that shit in the hood but this show Mona, they don't need you. You know, it's just like, you know, when Catherine found out that Joe Jackson was cheating and Angela Bassett was like, I don't want you, I don't want you, I don't want you no more. Mona, they don't need you, they don't need you, they don't need you for this show. They don't need you to give no fake storylines, bitch, because they're bringing it, okay? Bringing it, all of it. Every piece that they got is bought, Okay. Um, yeah, then while we're still in Miami, so of course, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce are getting some flack because they, um, they haven't, didn't stand up with the national anthem. So people were like, oh, okay, they're doing this for, you know, Colin, solidarity with Colin. So, you know, Jay-Z was at Columbia University. He explained it. He was just like, you know, they were sitting there talking about, you know, Demi, how beautiful she looks. So they got distracted. Listen, that was a good-ass answer. Because at the end of the day, Jay-Z and Beyonce, they don't owe us anything as to why they ain't stand up doing the national anthem. If they want to or if they want to have y'all think that they was in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick, then that's just what it was, okay? Why do we care so much? Like, why? Why do we care so much? Are we caring because he said that we're past kneeling? I, you know, people look too much into certain situations like you know at the end of the day if they want to do that you know sit there and talk about how Demi looked beautiful and but forgot about this and the third or if they want to give us half-assed answers to justify their point then they can do that because these are the this is Jay-Z and Beyonce this is you know and in the majority of the eyes of America they can't do any wrong 
But you know, Wendy Williams, she voiced her opinion while wearing Ivy Park and was like, oh yeah, they should have stand through the anthem. Da -da 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 -da. Why? Why they should have stand through the anthem? Tell me why. Because they had the Super Bowl? I mean, I'm not understanding. And then, you know, y'all tried it too, but that's what we were talking about. Demi Lovato was up there with Whitney Houston. Now, now stop. She did good. She sound good, but she would never be up there with Whitney Houston was singing the national anthem. So y'all need to cut that shit out, okay? Just cut it short. Please, cut it short. Okay. Um. So another Ratchet Show, Marriage Boot Camp premiere. Okay, so. I've been waiting for this because I love Merge Bootcamp. Hip-hop edition is, is good. So, we got Styles P and his wife. They've been together for 17, no, been together for 17 years, I believe, and married for 24, I believe, one of them. Um, then you got CeeLo and his fiance, Jocelyn and her band, Bianca and her boyfriend, and then Michelle and her man. Now, Michelle, man... She's like, you know, he's younger than her. She thinks that he wants older women, younger women, and he's, you know, is into them. No, but she's gay. As soon as he came on the show, that gaydar came on, and I don't know how she couldn't see it, okay? He not into no women, and he not into you, okay? And then Bianca, first of all, Bianca shows up. I don't know what she thought she was doing, but she shows up half-naked, this blue hair he has blue hair i don't know like i don't know why they on the show i mean they, they got some problems but it's just like you know what is the purpose you know they they're young um you know they're i guess she's trying to be in love you know she was at the premiere she's pregnant i don't even know how that came about but it's just it's a mess now, Jocelyn Hernandez, I know reality people want Jocelyn Hernandez because she brings ratings because she gets it popping, okay? And this new man that she's with, he is time enough for her. He's ready for her. She's a Scorpio, and I believe he's an Aries. See, when she was with Stevie, two Scorpios together, too much button of the heads because they, they want to be in control, okay? But I'm loving them. Now, CeeLo, CeeLo is something else. He gonna tell her, you know, if you don't wanna be here, you can leave. Now, when a nigga tell me that, he ain't gotta say it but once, cause the bitch is gone. I ain't thought, I ain't pleading, I ain't thinking, I ain't going to boot camp. My bags is packing the bitches out, okay? Cause if he's telling you something like that, bitch, he means it. Basically saying like, oh, you know, I'm here, I got this, I don't need. Okay, well, bye then, nigga, bye. Bye. So he gonna be something else. I can already see it, okay? Can already see it. And then Styles P and his wife, they're just missing the love, the the, the, the romance, the sex, because, you know, their daughter committed suicide. So, you know, when you lose a child, that just changes a lot of things within the household, within the marriage, you know, so it gets a little crazy. So, you know, they just need to work on that. So this season is going to be really good. It's going to be spicy. Some shit is going to go down. Now, would it ever be better than the season that's when Soulja Boy was on there? I don't know yet. But the first episode was something. And for the rest of the season, I'm sure it's going to give us some spice, honey, because it, it has some shit going down, going down. And um, I'm, I'm wondering how people... <laughs> are gonna you know take certain situations so we shall see um so you know i was on twitter the other day because twitter is my new thing now i like twitter a lot um it kind of keeps me updated with shit so you know i go on twitter and i see this tweet from Nicki minaj and she's like going the fuck in and saying like oh nigga you were scared in the store da, da, da. i'm like who is she talking about and i'm like the only person that she could be talking about is meek so then I see Meek is going back and forth, you know, he tweeting and he talking, you know, coming at her, talking about, you know, she, um, how, how he, she got a, um, rapist, um, as, uh, 
brother and I mean business was getting thrown out there like it was like the Twitter finger of the exes okay like it it was a fucking light show now now first of all both of y'all are in relationships why the fuck are you arguing back and forth with your ex unless there's something missing that you want okay because why would I spend my time arguing back and forth with an ex you're an ex for a reason then y'all spilling all the information, okay? Meek, you got a whole pregnant girlfriend and you're going back and forth on Twitter with your ex while your pregnant girlfriend is there. The fuck? And then after I see everything, you know me, I'm screenshot and screenshot. I'm like, oh, this shit can jump. Screenshot, screenshot. I'm like, okay, who gonna have the last word? Meek has the last word and tell her to go to church. <laughs> so just like, okay, he's still going. So then... After that occurs, I believe on Friday, Meek Meek has this talking about a song that he got out with Justin Timberlake. And then Nicki Minaj puts out a song that she done did, a little diss track. I said, said, well, ain't this about a bitch? These two people that sat up here, argued, got trending, and both put out singles well the strategy is there the strategy is there either y'all still texting and working with each other trying to figure out how to get good publicity because you definitely got it okay and now she's definitely probably gonna go on this queen radio i saw she's gonna have queen radio on monday and talk about how the whole twitter thing went down and probably gonna be distant meek to bring it up more because she has that new single out listen Listen, okay, y'all just sat up there and basically had it lit for like four hours on a Thursday afternoon for fucking singles. This is what we doing now to promote music. We arguing with our exes now. Listen, y'all don't go out here and do no shit like this, okay? Keep your ex where they at, okay? They exes. Keep them where they at. Don't bring them back. If they supposed to be left in 2018 and 19 and 17 and 16, keep them there, okay? If you want something in life, don't argue with the exes to get it, okay? Don't argue with the exes to get no ratings for shows and whatever the fuck you're doing, okay? Because it makes you look silly and dumb. Now, we done got glued to the TV and tore the poor girl Melania up and tore the poor guy that Nikki up and put him in the fucking store window, because the way he dressed, okay, like, this doesn't make any sense. It was absurd. But I could tell you one thing. It was some good ass tea because the bitch was enjoyed, okay, because I loved every bit of it, okay, honey. I was just like, ooh, 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 what he going to say next? I'm like, ooh, okay, Meek, okay, Nikki, ooh, he mad, ooh, Meek, you still in love, ooh, shit. Like, a bitch was loving it. Don't you know how when your friends get back, you know, you arguing back and forth with your, with your ex and you just going in and you think like, oh, I got this nigga, I got him, da 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 Then he like, oh, I got her, like. It, it do sound to you. It do put a spark in you. Make you, you make you feel like, damn, why I let that nigga go? I love when we used to argue. But no, let it go. Please let it go, y'all. Jesus, let it go. Hopefully they're in a better space now that their singles are out. You know, but Meek, you got to go above and beyond. Like, Nicki Minaj is Nicki Minaj. Like, she's not popping anymore. You know, she's trying to get back popping. You know, everyone's on the Cardi wave. They on the Megan wave. Like, they on <clears throat> the younger people wave. Like, Nicki, don't get me wrong, she can rap. But it's just like, you know, it's not what we're checking for. And, you know, Meek, since you was arguing with her, don't go back to yelling and screaming on your tracks. Like, just keep it still mellow delicate and shit don't let her you know get in your mind and get you all mad and shit like that okay please don't and speaking of Megan Thee Stallion what is going on so there's something floating around something floating around that she was dating um G-Eazy and I'm like okay what Megan's dating G-Eazy so she went from dating the boy Moneybag Yo to dating G-Eazy I'm like no no way and there's this picture of them in the bed and he's like sucking her face off and I'm like what the fuck is going on so you know 
most people know that black people have melanin in their skin. So maybe he thinks that, you know, he, he like, I don't know. Like, but he was like, you know how somebody is like all on you, like kissing on you. But he was just like sucking her face, like basically damn near getting all of her makeup in his, on his tongue. Like he was just like all over the place. And I'm just like, okay, what the is going on here like why and why is she laying there even letting this man suck on her face like this like this is nasty nasty like i i hated it i was like ooh, meg stop him now please this is terrible like how did this even how why would you even allow this to get out this is nasty it's horrible um so you know last week we did the mama mentality episode and we talked about kobe so, you know, this interview comes out with Gail King, and she's interviewing Lisa Leslie. And then in the interview, you know, there's a snippet where she brings up Kobe's rape case that was back in, like, 2003 or some shit, or 2013. And she's asking him, like, do you believe he had did it? And what is he like when y'all go out? And so Lisa Leslie explains, like, you know, I've always seen Kobe when we go out. He's not, he's not like all the other NBA players, this, that, and the third. And she's like, oh, well, you know, he's your friend. So why would you, you know, why would you think that he would show? Okay, this is what the problem that I have with that Gail King interview. You've been a journalist for so long, okay? We've known you to follow behind Oprah, okay? To me, y'all the fucking double man twins, okay? Gail used to look busted. We always used to wonder why and say, well, why would Oprah have her friend looking like this? You know, she got money. Why won't she fix her friend up? And then we started noticing that Gail was starting to get fixed up. So then Gail was on CBS. Yet again, she's intelligent. She's been in the game for so long. She's a journalist. So I'm just trying to figure out, as a journalist, you know certain things. You research certain things. You're aware of certain issues, all of that. When you saw the questions, why didn't you say, you know what, I'm not going to ask her that. Like, this man just passed away. Vanessa's going. Like, I'm not going to ask that. I'm not even going to bring that up. And then why would that have affected his legacy? Because his legacy still went on. You see all the respect that he got? And the other thing that I have a problem with is that she didn't have any accountability. Like, there was no accountability. Like, I can't stand when people don't be accountable for their actions. Be accountable for your actions. Say, like, you know what? No, I'm not going to ask this. But instead, you put CBS underneath the bus you threw them underneath you threw them way underneath the bus and I guess you're thinking that they're gonna support you and, you know, rally behind you. No, they don't want backlash. They don't want it at all. And you know, Oprah get on there talking about, oh, Gail hasn't slept in two weeks. Oprah. Vanessa Bryant probably hasn't slept in days. In days. It was distasteful. It was tacky. And I have no words for it. Like, none. None. And, you know, you're trying to bring all these black men down. And, you know, we see in pictures with the Harvey Weinsteins. And, of course, all the black celebrities used to hang out with the two devils. Harvey Weinstein and Donald Trump. Who didn't? Because back in the 90s, that's what it was about. You were trying to be on top. Now that Trump has shown true colors, Harvey Weinstein shit is coming out, blacks is like, hold up, wait, no. Mm -mm." But no, you're still showing your commitment to them. You, You still want to be that. And while you're in the process of trying to be that, you're bringing your black men down. And black men already have a stereotype. So Oprah and the Gale, I can't do... I can't do the Doubleman twins. I can't do the whole, you know, that love triangle they got. Because we ain't never seen Gail talk about her man, okay? She's always on the red carpet on the other side of Stepman, and Oprah's on the other side of Stepman, okay? And so you can't tell me they ain't been rocking and doing something because they've been rocking, honey. Because they share everything. 
you know, and I know people was like, oh, Snoop Dogg threatened her. He didn't disrespectful. You know, Snoop Dogg was just heated in the moment. When you heated in the moment, you say anything. You know, sometimes words don't come out right. Things just don't flow. You get pissed. So, you know, I really don't think he was threatening her or meant anything by it. He was just voicing his opinion like, look, how dare you? How dare you? Then when she came out and did her video, you didn't even apologize to Vanessa, the family. You didn't do any of that. Then if you remember in Kobe, if that's what the interview was about for Lisa Leslie, won't you ask her how she's doing? Ask her the questions, bitch, that we want to know. Has she seen Vanessa? What's the... Bitch, you asking shit that we already don't care about. Okay? So, you know, miss us with the bullshit. You know... We ain't walk, we not walking into the bullshit no more. And if we do walk into the bullshit, we cleaning our shoes of it. Okay? Completely. Um, now, I saw also, too, that Viola Davis is probably going to play Michelle Obama. She looks nothing the fuck like her. Maybe they're going to put makeup. I don't know how they're going to make her look like Michelle Obama. Even when Michelle Obama was younger, she didn't look like her. So I'm just so confused. So, you know, I don't know how they're going to play that out, but that's by, that's about dumb. They need to choose something else, honey, because it's not working. It's, it's a, that's a woo, woo try. That's the woo, woo. Okay. Um, so let's get into what you won't do. So what you won't do, Trick Daddy, is give us any more of your dance moves. That little pump, pump, pump you did. I don't know what the fuck that was about, but it's terrible. Please don't give it to us again. We didn't ask for it. We ain't sent for it. We don't want it. Okay, and what you won't do, Donald Trump, is not know which state the Kansas City Chiefs are a part of. I mean, come on, you're the fucking president of the United States for goodness sake. Okay, I guess the only thing that you probably got an A in when you were in school was fucking math because of money. But clearly you didn't do good in social studies. Your geography is off, off. And then you had a nerve to tweet it like, Jesus Christ, who is this? Lord, it's just so embarrassing. Just, it's just typical. Typical Donald Trump. Just terrible. Just, it's just ridiculous. Lord, help us. So, yet again, Trick Daddy, what you won't do is do them dance moves, brother. Please, you're a rapper. Don't dance. Just just rap. Just rap and just have somebody rap behind you, whatever it is that y'all do. And Donald Trump, please, what you won't do is not know your geography, okay? Your map, your United States map. You, I mean, you are the president of the United States, okay? Hello? <sighs> Dear God. So this is episode 104, Woo Child. I hope everyone has a wonderful uh, work week, okay? Uh, make sure you guys listen to past episodes. We're on Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, and um, iTunes. You can follow us on Shanghai underscore Chronicles. And also my personal page is Shanghai 87. And like I always say, I'm out.